0: Are you Fuji- Fujiyama? Yes, I am. Who are you? I'm a cop. His real name is Joe Marshall. They call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. He got his martial arts training from the Masters in Japan. He was brought over here from the police force in San Diego to fight us.
1: Would you like to fuck me?
2: You're the one that talked me into bringing this moron from San Diego to fight the Japanese Katana gang. Bingo. I
1: want him dead. I want his head cut off and brought here. Have you been circumcised?
0: Yeah, I have, why? Well, your
1: doctor must have cut a big portion of it off.
0: I want his head on this piano so that every man in my organization understands once more
2: that no Katana gets captured alive or fucked. That's it!
3: How did you know I'd come home with you? Let's just say, I can read eyes.
0: I feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass,
2: and it hurts. I've gotta figure out a way to get it out of there.
3: Welcome to They Called This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships, one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and the podcast services by searching They Called This a Movie. We are part of the Main Amy Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themainnamey.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at TheMainDamy. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Called This a Movie. This is Anthony DelVecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say
0: hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's going on, guys?
2: Hello. Yeah, so... And not a bit thing. I just want to uh, say I should always trust you when it comes to comedy. As I watched Coffin Drop from I Think You Should Leave and you did not undersell it. I was crying (laughs) at my. There you go.
3: There you go. I think everybody should watch at least that.
2: Yeah, I I thought I'd start off with some praise for you rather than a bit.
3: (laughs) I will gladly take some praise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but besides coffin drop, which is hilarious, guys, what did you watch this week?
0: Well, Mark and I can kind of do a, uh, I, I guess we could tag team this one. Yeah. Uh, we went and saw Black Widow on so opening I. night. Yeah. Oh, right, so you saw it too? Awesome. So we can I saw all it Friday afternoon. Out. Nice. A little. We could do a, a menage here. I enjoyed it. I, I think it was, it was a decent. It was a good action movie. Uh, I don't think it really added anything to the mcu as a whole really and maybe until the very end Mm -hmm. but you know it was a fine send-off for scarlett johansson's black widow character uh a lot i I know a lot of people i know spoilers but a lot of people are are kind of up in arms about a certain character reveal Mm -hmm. Uh, to me uh, it didn't take away from the movie uh We were joking that this movie kind of gives Fast and the Furious a run for its family money. Uh, (laughs) It's all about family in this one. And um, it was a a good message. I I enjoyed it. Uh, You know, they were all kind of broken people and they were all just doing a job. But at the end, there was something there, which was cool. Uh, I thought David Harbour was funny. He was a good uh, addition. Florence Pugh was awesome. I thought she it will be excellent in whichever way they choose to send her character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel Wise was fine. Uh, I don't think you know she might have been the weakest part of the movie for me. Okay. But other than that, I you know I thought everyone was good. Just, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't I don't want to get into spoilery territory, but sure. I'd probably give it seven and a half out of ten.
2: Okay. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. So. Basically, in the same place as Dan in terms of score and ranking, Um, I was just um, very impressed. I was trying to think of a better word um, with uh, uh, Florence Pugh's um, Yelena. Um, It just for a role that could have been like, you know, be in the shadow of of Scarlett Johansson um, in this movie. Every scene she was in, she did that amazing thing of just stealing it like, nailing, hitting every comedic timing, just about. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are some things that I wonder how much she added that wasn't on the page. Like, uh, there's especially a great moment inside a convenience store Mm -hmm. um, where I'm wondering if the physicalness of that joke was all her or if that was on the page. Um, Right. You know, And because it makes that entire conversation, you know, just just by uh, the way uh, they decided to take that joke. And then... um, it just, I like that it. she sort of has the, you know, Black Widow and Natasha, you know, aesthetic in terms of how how Black Widow fights. Um, but just the different attitude, because at times ScarJo's Black Widow is kind of boring, um, mm-hmm. you know, and every time, you know, uh, Florence Pugh was on screen, I was I was interested. It kind of had the the uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, you know, in um, Queen's Gambit sort of thing. You know, where, okay, I'm, I'm in, locked in um, uh, for this scene. It's, 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 it's going to be good. And then I think me and Dan were talking about um, how impressed we were with David Harbour because it was sort of a, ah, is this the right casting choice? You know, sort of thing when it was first announced. And then for exactly what they made, Red Guardian, he was perfect. Because um, he played that, I was telling someone today, he played that character with the, he didn't do the... Uh, um, the uh, the thing where just because he's a Soviet soldier and stuff like that, that it had to be very, you know, serious and evil and all that kind of like Bucky um, in that sense. He was just, he was the Red Guardian. They made toys, kids loved them, you know, like he played for more like Captain America of that side um, mm-hmm. uh, more than just being a trained killer sort of thing. And it was it was nice to see that they did that. Um, because it, it lent to the whole movie and, um, you know, and it, it also, I don't know, if we'll go slightly, we don't go any deeper than this, but I think part of the movie with the family stuff is uh, sort of an argument for, uh, you know, nature versus nurture sort of thing. Um, since they were a, you know, um, you know, a family, um, they all seem to rub off on each other more than... Um, you know, what they were trained to do. um, you know, it became natural when they were in a room to act like sisters and act like you know, um even through all the training they've been through. It was easy for them to revert back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole the whole idea of of this movie is partially rooted in that, and I think that's why they they lean so much on the family aspect of it. And I would be happy with a Red Guardian cameo at some point. <laughs> In in, um, in the uh, you know the fourth uh, part of this uh, MCU Phase Four um, coming up, um, just in some dumb way. Um, but yeah, I was excited by you know the you know the uh, where they seem to be taking Yelena, um, and uh, I think it makes a show that is coming up on uh, Disney Plus way more compelling to watch. Okay,
3: yeah, I, I liked it too. I, I'd probably give it about a seven. Um Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought they're in a different universe. This is a really dark movie. Um, you yeah. know, the whole the whole opening is uh if you take it out of comic book world, they're essentially creating sex slaves, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and that the opening the credits the opening credits were like really well done. It's weird for me to comment on that, but it like kind of sets up like a pretty dark world we wind up going into um and obviously you know we, because of the comic book flair to it it's less dark but yeah i enjoyed it i've i've not been a big scarlett johansson fan i think she's okay um but she was good in this she you know held her own i think as you guys mentioned david harbour and florence Pugh were great and they obviously they steal the movie which it which works in marvel's advantage obviously because this you know, for all intents and purposes, this is Scarlett Johansson's last movie. So, what way, better way to do that than introduce two new characters that people want to see? Um, th- this whole thing that goes with prequels, and it's you really can't fault this movie for being, if because it's with every prequels, like you know, at least the fate of your main character is going to be just fine. It didn't really take away from the movie for me. Um, as you mentioned, Mar uh, Dan, the one character. Uh, does you know is limited um in the avengers it would in an avengers movie where that character interacts with more avengers it would be more interesting to see because it you would see that power fully on display and this mm-hmm. one you really only see it interacted with the one but it was good i enjoyed myself uh, it was my first movie back to theaters wow. so it was great in that aspect of it um so i had fun i also saw this week I also watched Fear Street 1978, I think. This is the second one, which was good. It's like uh set at a camp. So it's got kind of Friday the thirteenth slash sleepaway camp vibes to it. Um that was fun. I also watched Bill and Ted face the music, which is now on Prime. Or who was that? It was you know what? It was enjoyable. It was fun to watch those guys. It's such a positive you know, the whole every each movie is so positive <laughs> that it was just like you know what I wish I had seen this in the middle of the pandemic so it was like you know this is this put a smile on my face it um it really hit the it was right place right time but it was I enjoyed it um the two the two girls that play their daughters were really good it's uh Samara Weaving plays uh Bill's daughter
0: and uh I don't remember the name of the is the girl. Joe Logan or something like that Oh as her character name? Oh. I th- I thought her actual name was like something Logan.
3: I'm not sure. I know I actually I I don't want to get this wrong cuz I believe the person that plays Ted's daughter is non-binary. She's okay. in the show uh Atypical or okay. they're so is, they're in the show. They they are in the show Atypical. Is it is it Billy
2: is that her character name?
3: Uh I do not have it up. I'm I have um, IMDb. I'm just okay. Asking. The brunette
2: Okay, so that would be Bridget Lundy Payne.
0: No, I, I, I knew, knew it was a three th- three part name, but I was yeah. way off. Otherwise, I might
3: be mistaken. Uh, but thing, yeah, she's an atypical,
0: but she was really good
3: in it too. I nice. keep saying she, but I'm not con- I'm not 100 positive on on the pronouns, it, so it's, I apologize it, if I'm being incorrect.
0: It, it's funny that like you mentioned how you wish you had seen that in the the middle of the pandemic, and because they're so upbeat, that's. It's kind of something that all of those movies are. It's just like no matter what's going on, even in Bogus Journey, when they die, they're just so upbeat about everything. And it's it's kind of weird because I think a lot of people overlook how just happy go. I mean, they're they're dumb these mm-hmm. guys, but they're they're just so resoundingly happy. And it's like yeah. oh well, you know that's that's always a cool message. Like you got your best buddy with you. How bad can life life be? And it's something I think those characters. I wish they would have had a bigger. This movie would have had a bigger opening because I think a lot of people could have used that kind of uplifting uh, message.
3: Yeah, yeah. And Bridget Lundy Payne goes by they, so apology misusing pronouns. But yeah, they are good in the in the show in the movie too. They're good in atypical. We were all also started watching that too because that came back, and my wife loves that show,
0: which is not a bad show at all. I don't know if you guys have seen Atypical. No, not yet. Not yet. I, I watched uh, Memoirs of a Geisha, which okay. is similar. completely different.
3: It's very similar, actually.
0: <laughs> oh, is it? Were, were they sold into uh, slavery, I guess, in the, uh, World War II Japan? Uh, only Michael Rappaport's character. Oh, okay. I thought I had read about that. <laughs> that You know, that was a bold direction for that show to go into. Uh, But, uh, you know, I heard it paid off. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I, I love the like, Japanese culture is really cool and uh, it's very unique and very beautiful, but Oh my God, like the stuff that this poor girl had to go through to where, where she became, she becomes a geisha is just, uh, yeah, it's not great. They, they definitely take a huge advantage of these poor girls. And, uh, it, like we were talking about black widow where it's almost like sex slaves that happened in that movie. And it's, uh, excuse me it's kind of jarring but uh, the movie itself is it's such a beautiful movie uh it's shot so well Ken uh, ken watanabe's in it he, i love ken watanabe uh the actor who plays shang sung is in it oh, he's nice. kind of a creep which you know shang sung so there yeah. there you go but uh oh man it it i don't know if you guys have seen it but just the the cinematography of that movie is so so beautiful uh, there's a dance scene. Uh, there's a dance scene where the main character has to perform at a very, I, I guess, in front of a large clientele, and it's almost like she's dancing on water. And the way they portray it is just awesome. So, great movie. I highly recommend it for anyone who's into that kind of cinematography, and if you like Japanese culture, it's it's great. Directed by I, Rob I,
2: Marshall. I have one more if you're done, Ant. On what yep. you watch. Yeah. So um, kind of like Dan with his Dane Cook um, thing. Um, oh, no. I've started on a uh, Florence Pugh kick and watched Fighting With My Family. Finally. That's a little better after, than Dane
0: Cook, I'd say.
2: After seeing it in my uh, uh, Prime feed for months and finding out that it was not on Prime when I looked for it this time. It's on Hulu. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got to say, again, she's... Probably, she, actually, probably the second best part of this movie. Nick Frost is amazing in this movie, um, playing her father. And mm-hmm. he's he's so good. Um, like, at times, it was, like, really stilted dialogue at times. But anytime he had oh, just about a, a quick line or, like, a, a comeback, it, it always made me chuckle. And sometimes I'm like, why did I laugh at that? That was really, like, a dumb, dumb line. Um, but the, the funny parts, there's two things which comes from me being an actual wrestling fan, is one, Florence Pugh is not built like Paige at all. Um, Paige is more tall and lanky. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was you know, kind of funny them trying to do uh, certain things Paige does. It just works with having, you know, longer limbs um, mm-hmm. and just doesn't work. And two, I don't think they know how time works in this movie um, because the end of the movie... Um, Going to gonna spoil it because if you haven't watched it by now, you're probably not. And you already know how the movie ends if you're a wrestling fan. So they, you know, they show the you know whole family watching her win the Divas title on Raw at the WrestleMania 30. And um, if I'm correct, I believe it's four years from the time she gets taken to Florida to winning that title. And in the movie, her brother's baby is still a baby. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm guessing you're assuming a good majority of people don't understand that literally the baby is still like under a year old and there is no possible way all this could have happened in a year Mm -hmm. (laughs) in there. Like even, um, you know, even in wrestling terms, but yeah, that was the one thing that got me at the end. I'm like, really? They couldn't just have the kid be a kid. Like, you know, there, there's millions of, uh, they have a wrestling school and they're, they've hired a ton of like kid extras in there. And can just have like a four year old, like, Sitting there, you know, it, mm-hmm. it just um, that's one thing, not just in this movie, but most movies when, you know, time doesn't seem to be a factor. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was just funny. But the, the movie itself is a quick watch. It's probably a good seven, six and a half, something like that. It's not great. It's very, you know, obviously sanitizes, you know, some of the wrestling stuff and tries to hide the business a little bit, um, despite giving a lot of it away. Um, so if you're a wrestling fan, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and I am on to Midsummer.
3: <laughs> oh, so. I can't wait to hear about that one. <laughs> it's a little Poor bit man. different, I'd imagine.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh,
3: all we watched this week. So we will be back, uh, while you guys listen to some ads so we can pay those bills. We'll, we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. And Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was... Dan's pick.
0: So Dan, why don't you introduce this week's movie? Okay, so after our last uh, quote-unquote movie that we watched, Double Down, uh, you know, I wanted to get in on the action here because I was like, you know what? If Ant could do that, I gotta, I gotta really set my game up. And a friend of the podcast. So this is more of like a listener uh, suggestion. Uh, a listener of the podcast uh mentioned samurai cop from 1991 apparently although with the quality of this movie yeah you, you could have fooled me because <laughs> I I honest to god thought this was in the 70s that's how it was shot it's so bad but yeah that that was my pick samurai cop from 1991 so I uh, just give a quick shout out to guy thank you very much for the this suggestion and and that is his name it's guy i'm not just saying thanks guy <laughs> he suggested this his, his name is guy to- totally real person guy incognito <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right so where are you guys coming from with it
0: oh man where am i coming from uh this movie was pure shit <laughs> um yeah I, it's fun but it's it's really slow, and I kind of figured because I was told that this would be like Rift Tracks I had done an episode on this, I think Red Letter Media had also done an episode, so yeah. I figured like oh this is probably going to be chock full of good stuff, and and it is, but it kind of takes a while to build up. Uh, I don't know what to think of this movie. It's just everything about it is wrong. <laughs> right? It's just like the the, the casting is wrong. The 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 dubbing is wrong. The action is wrong. The the story is wrong. It it feels like this shouldn't exist in our timeline. Okay. This should be in someone else's timeline, like the wrong timeline. This would be like the best movie ever there. (laughs) What about you, Mark?
2: Um, Outside of the discussions that uh, Dan has had at multiple parties about this um, movie, um, I have no idea what I was getting into, and... Uh, I was very bored in the beginning, as we'll probably all say. I think at some point there was like no music underneath any of it. And it would, that just completely takes me out of a movie. Like no ambient sound, no nothing. It just um, it just made me very bored. The, the hospital scene in particular um, in the beginning. Which also made me laugh because they go from what's supposed to be a hospital to clearly running out of a condo in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> or maybe even like a park in motel. Um, that's supposed to be a hotel, I mean, a hospital. Um, I did enjoy, um, uh, so, some of the, um, real dumb, uh, uh, ways they tried to be really clever with the dialogue and all of it fell flat. Um, and you can tell it's from a completely different era of, um, you know, joke writing, especially, um, cause of some of these things, um, you know, would, would, uh, well, they get groans probably back then, too, but, um, you know, they just go to the well too often, um, especially dick jokes um, in there that aren't particularly funny. Um, and I had a countdown in my head of um, the fourth woman we see in this movie and whether or not we would see her boobs or not, um, <laughs> because we had seen every other female character outside of this character's mother um, had gotten naked at some point in this movie. And... Uh, Yeah. It it made me think that is, was this a softcore porn? That's something like, like in a very, very, um, you know, mild X way. Um, just because, you know, the, the, as gratuitous as the scenes were, it just seemed like getting to them like made no sense. Like it was like, Oh, he has this girlfriend that he flirts with, but he's also trying to have sex with every other girl in this movie. Um, because Mark, he's when the you're hot
3: yo- cop. when you're absolutely yoked like he is, I mean,
2: <laughs> you're gonna
3: try and fuck.
0: Yeah, or,
3: or, or people are going will try own... and fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Until she sticks her hand in her pants and yeah. not likes what she feels.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially because you know the doctor took too much off the circumcision, um, which <laughs> probably which probably sounded a lot better on the um, when they wrote it, but um, I I don't know this this I was at times I. I was wishing I was watching Double Down at moments <laughs> in this movie because I had more fun throughout that movie than I had watching.
3: Sure. I think there's going to be uh, like if we have a timestamp or like a a moment of time, it's going to be this for this podcast, it's going to be before Double Down and after Double Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Samurai Cop for me. Uh, there's there's no propulsion in this movie. And part of that is that there are scenes like that, that don't have any music, as Mark had alluded to. Well, there's also all the scenes. There's a handful of scenes that just don't know when to end to the point where they didn't tell the actor that the that the camera was still rolling. At the very least, uh, the stuntman didn't know whether or not they were still filming while he was on fire. And then the police captain uh, thought he had cut before he had cut. Yeah, these there's there's so many scenes that just hang way too long. But it's it is fun. It does it is weird and stupid. And half of it is the production of this movie. There's there's moments where it seems like the guy gets it, the director. Like there are some shots that are like, oh well, you know, this lighting is interesting here. Apparently he had no lights though. So, um, but then there are others where you know it's way too bright of a scene. <laughs> to the fact that it almost looks like a. a aesthetic choice but really he's probably just i can't I, I just let's just throw all the lights that we have against the wall and see what happens uh uh yeah it's weird it's a weird one but <laughs> i don't really know what to say uh the acting is not good for the best actor is robert zadar in this movie and that's never a good thing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's I don't really know what more to say about it.
0: There's so many awkward conversations that happen in this movie. Yeah, especially between like I found some of the most awkward ones were between the samurai cop and his partner, Mm -hmm. because they kept mentioning how like he's his ass is black. And Like yeah, all right, he yes, he's a black guy, but uh, why are we drawing attention to the fact that he's black? Mm-hmm. Right, I I didn't yeah. understand it. And he was like, yeah, he was playing along with it. Like, oh yeah, the 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 uh, the, the chief is going to charcoal my ass black. Don't ha- <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. It already is. And like, what?
3: <laughs> uh, he does have. So- his partner has some of my favorite moments and most of it's the reaction shots there when the nurse is talking. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Mm. (laughs) Oh, it's
0: like, what is going, why are we cutting to him?
3: Yeah. I think part of the awkwardness too, is the fact that all, basically all the audio is 80 yards. So the timing's off, I feel by a mile. Yeah. So like the conversations are feeling very stilted compared Mm. to what it would have been like if they had captured audio on set. Uh, so like even conversations between those two guys, which it should be, you know, more fluid is just line and then line
0: right.
3: and then line,
0: you know, <laughs> But to be there are some great lines of dialogue in this movie. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorites is when uh, the samurai cop, what uh, I got to remember, what is it? Samurai cop is Joe Marshall. Joe. So Joe Marshall uh, fights a goon and he gets the address for Okamura. Mm -hmm. So the guy's like, oh, you know, like he lives here, I guess. Right. And it's just like all the cuts are like smash cuts. Mm -hmm. There's no transition. It's terrible. I mean, the movie opens with a smash cut. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he they're outside of Okamura's house. And one of the cops, uh, one of the cops says, how do we know this is the actual address? (laughs) And Joe says, "If this is the address, we'll arrest him, and we'll actually have, you know, we'll have a case against the big bad guy. But if it's not, we'll just apologize and move on."
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably
0: left that out.
2: (laughs) That whole scene um, has that moment, and my other favorite moment, which is when he's trying to open the sliding glass door, (laughs) and obviously someone locked it, so they had to cut away until someone unlocked it. (laughs) <laughs> so did he open
3: It's crazy, yeah, uh, it's like i you think that he would like kick kick the door in because he's not, like he's having trouble with it, it's like what well obviously you did, didn't you think that he would lock the door if he's about to go fuck right uh, and then it's it just the opens. door, yeah, and then it just
0: opens, I was like, oh well, that's weird <laughs> <laughs> i uh, another one of my uh one of my favorite parts is uh. <laughs> they're in the beginning they're being followed by a helicopter right so they're 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 basically on a drug bus and uh joe and his partner frank are communicating with a a, a peggy right officer peggy Peggy. and peggy's in a helicopter so they they get the bad guy uh and joe and frank are outside (laughs) the helicopter's above and joe is just like Having a casual conversation with Peggy, with, <laughs> with, with no headset, no microphone or anything. It's, it's like basically he's not even yelling at yeah. the helicopter. Like, oh, I'll, I'll catch you back at the, uh, the the office, and like you can't hear. There's no yeah. way that she could hear what's going on. Yeah,
3: exactly, because she's on the she's on the mic, and she's like, "Congrats, guys!" Calls yeah. for a celebration, and he's like, "I'll meet you at your place tonight," and then yeah. he gets like this really weird face, like.
0: he does it oh man he has a great face when in the car like they're they're following the van in the beginning and he tells her you know like keep keep it warm warm. Warm. yeah he's like as long as you get it up I'll get it up and then he winks (laughs) I think think he's winking at us he's either winking (laughs) at us or Frank or Frank right but he's it it was a very smooth wink (laughs) Like, yeah, like he was,
3: yeah like he was winking at peggy but she's in the helicopter
1: <laughs>
0: right oh it's such a great moment i i fucking lost it he's driving he's like yeah i'll keep it up eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny funny wink because hes they don't show who he's winking at <laughs>
3: <laughs> that dude's a fucking ham man
0: oh god even yeah. like
3: his even his face when the nurse is coming on to him. Like
0: oh. he's just like <laughs> What did he say? Uh oh, she asked him like, Oh, do you like what you see? and this is like completely out of left field, folks. Yeah. Right? They're 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 coming out of a burn victims room. <laughs> also she's like, oh, well, I'm horny now.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, they're still in the burn victims room.
0: Yeah. They're about they're walking out when this all happens. She has a very specific kink, and it's yeah. people that are covered with third degree burns. Yeah, she's like,
3: first, you like what you see? Like, yeah, I like what I see. Like, you want to touch what you see? Yeah, you want to <laughs> fuck? And then, he was like, you want to take me out to dinner or something like that? Right. Then you want to fuck me? And, the, and, like, like, and <laughs> he takes the stethoscope. Bingo! <laughs> yeah,
0: I love how he says it in stethoscope. <laughs> It's a smooth move. But, and like, while that's going on, like, Anthony, you were saying earlier, Frank is just making these fucking ridiculous <laughs> faces. <laughs> they keep cutting to him, like, ooh. Yeah. Oh. Just, it's like they are just
3: put a camera on him and it's like, oh, give me a sour face.
1: <laughs> now give me
3: intrigue. Now pensive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. what are you going to use these for? Ah, oh, we'll figure something out. Um, and and like in between all of this bullshit, there's a quote unquote story playing out. yeah, and it's it's such a boring story. but the things that happen around it is really what drives this movie. like yeah. the, the story, the plot, you don't even have to worry about the plot because no. you're gonna be too busy just like you're gonna be amazed at how Joe uh, uh, Joe Marshall, the the actor with Matthew Coretis, how he acts and mm-hmm. his terrible wig and Robin, that is sometimes there sometimes not there yeah it just <laughs> it, it it fluctuates uh, and I don't was was the bad guy actually Asian by the way uh, uh, Cranston Camaro uh, so he okay he was yeah because he he you know I don't want to sound like that but he was like I don't know if he's Asian or not yeah. Robert Zadar definitely isn't. <laughs> no, no, he, he yeah. was not.
2: I, I was going to say, I love how this movie about samurai and martial arts ends with the two whitest guys in the movie having <laughs> the final battle and talking about Bushido.
0: Oh, God, the final <laughs> battle. The final battle. The when two he, worst
2: martial artists in the movie.
0: When he snaps Robert Zadar's neck and he can still move. <laughs> I don't. Did anyone tell Robert Siddar, like, Yeah. Listen, that's not how this works anymore. You're, right. you're essentially dead now. And he just gets up. He's like, oh God, just that's not how things work. See any other movie in existence where someone gets their neck snapped?
3: <laughs> they don't walk away from it. Yeah, it had me questioning whether or not his neck was snapped.
0: Right. Or did he give him just like a really mean, like you know, like noogie kind of thing? You know. Yeah. Just Like, oh, all right. I guess I'm good. Or like maybe he just didn't know what how to react to that. Or yeah. he in in wrestling terms, he, he wasn't taking a bump, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well I'm not doing that. That's not how my character's going out.
2: And can and can we talk about the completely out of place character in the restaurant playing the waiter? Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs>
0: talk Jeez.
3: that it feels that like scene, he's in a
0: whole different movie. That scene could've shaved four minutes off this movie.
2: Yeah.
0: I, it it's it set I feel like that character set gay relations back 20 years. Yeah. it It, it is such a stereotypical gay person. And it's like, that's really kind of shitty how they, they portrayed it. And and
2: it was ugh. also a shot at Hispanic people.
0: Yep. Yeah. Too. We're the Cuban, right? Was he Cuban? Or Costa Rican. Costa Rican, <laughs> yes. Just just like, oh, man. It's, it's so cringeworthy how he react, like like he loves cops and uh how he's basically he's trying to get joe's number or no uh frank's number right um i don't remember if that was it um i remember oh, yeah. if that would, yeah. when when they're questioning him he's he's asking like where he lives i think
2: and yeah in 2021 uh, him and joe definitely fuck
0: Maybe he's he's Joe's banging everybody else. I don't see why not. (laughs) He was like,
2: sure, I have a couple
0: hours. (laughs) The the and the the scene where Frank kisses the chief on the forehead. Yeah, I that was kind of out of everything. Just out of left field. Yeah, it
2: seems like they left the joke takes in at times. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. And uh, I I think another another great part is uh when they're leaving the restaurant. And Robert Zadar sends his goons after Joe and Frank. But he does it one at a time and gives them this little head nod. Like, yeah, oh, you know what to do. You know what to do. And like, yeah, why, why are you sending them one at a time? Just send them all, right? <laughs> and then he kills them. It's the code, man. Oh, the, the code of silence. <laughs> the uh, There's that. There's, there's Joe apparently being fluent in japanese but not <laughs> knowing ukumara or Komuro's names yeah tamagashi yamagashi whatever you know like that's your japanese guy <laughs> i think that i don't i think he kind of gave himself away there as a bullshit artist right <laughs> yeah so
3: samurai cop from 1991 directed by Amir Chauvin. Iranian director, also known for Hollywood Cop and Killing American style. It stars Matthew Caretis, Robert Zadar, Mark Fraser, Janice Farley, Melissa Moore, Cameron, Gerald Okamura, Dale Cummings, Cranston Komaru. IMDb score of 4.6, the Rotten Tomato score of nothing. There is no score except for a 47% audience score could not find budget information but it got a box office of $384,000. but half of this movie is really about the crazy things that uh, amir shirvan decided to do and how he uh, shot this movie um he could not afford lighting to shoot at night so the entire film was set during the day actors also wore their own clothes and drove their own cars much of the film was shot without sound and done with single takes Siobhan had to dub voices months after production, but could not get many of the bit part actors to return. So choosing to use his own voice, he warped it in post-production to sound different. His lack of ability to do this correctly resulted in ADR with a heavily robotic sound. Both lead actors, Hannon and Frazier also supplied much of the voiceover in the looping process. Uh, Hannon has stated in an interview that Amir did about 80% of the ADR voices during these ADR sessions. Amir would film much of the necessary pickup shots, all from within the office. This is why many of the inserts of Fraser and Hannon in the film seem to be shot from the same corner of the office, which doesn't match with the rest of the locations for any given scene. Also, the fact, as we mentioned, he had uh, Matthew Kuretis or Hannon. He goes by Mark H- Matt Hannon in this film. But uh, he wears a wig through parts of it, and it'll shift from in the middle of a scene. He'll be wearing a wig and then not wearing a wig. That's because uh, he had cut his hair... Uh, after the, he had filmed the movie and then seven months after the the film uh Chirvan decided to do pickup shots so he cut his hair um and they had to find him a woman's wig <laughs> to
0: use it's so noticeable it's so bad and he yeah. when he wears the hat over it yeah it's even worse <laughs> <laughs> he looks
3: so dumb yeah uh lead actor matthew karedes cut his long hair very short seven months after filming wrapped while he was looking for more acting work director and screenwriter amir shirvan called him back for some reshoots shirvan furious that karedes had cut his hair and immediately went out to look for a wig fortunately shirvan was only able to find a woman's wig that looked nothing like karedes's long hair he agreed to wear it assuming shirvan was going to do some long shots and pickups shirvan still had half of the movie to shoot completely out of chronological order as a result, Coradis's character's hair alternates between his natural long hair and an obvious wig. The wig even comes off a few times revealing Coradis's short real short hair. Yep, this one's uh yeah. this one's a keeper.
0: <laughs> I, I I liked <laughs> when you're talking about the ADR being dubbed, like all the henchmen whenever they get hit or shot, it's the same voice. Ugh, <laughs> uh. And I so I guess it was hit, the, the director's voice doing the dubbing. Yeah probably. Oh, man. it's it's the worst ADR I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. I can't believe they couldn't get anyone else to do the voices. <laughs> Just, like anybody. Just anybody. Anybody, yeah. Like, oh, wow. It, it, there I remember a scene, a particularly bad scene when they're in the photo booth or like the what their the photo lab, yeah. The photo lab. And the the gang members come in, they hit the alarm and the I get the um, the photographer mm-hmm. or the The lab technician is is talking to him like, hey, are you expecting anyone? No. Meanwhile, there's a loud alarm going off. Are you expecting anyone? No. that's the alarm. Oh. (laughs) But the ADR, it's clearly not the lab technician speaking. Yeah. Because his voice is, is, first of all, it's off by like just a few seconds, like a fraction of a second, I guess. But it's not him. You can tell his voice is super deep and it's off. And it's just like, I can't believe how terrible thing like how bad could things have possibly been where you couldn't get certain, just like little things like that right right I don't know uh you guys want to get into the plot yeah do it <laughs> uh Dan what do you got for us all right uh real quick gonna give a shout out to our friends Tia and Brittany and their podcast The Top Ten with Tia it's a weekly podcast where Tia and Brittany run down top ten lists you can follow Tia at tc underscore stark on twitter she's also the head writer for geek vibes nation she writes some great articles Uh, she covers uh, a lot of movie reviews so if there's you're on the fence about a movie go to geek vibes nation check out her review hopefully it'll help and uh, give her a follow she's a good friend of the podcast
3: all right great and we are going to take a quick break and you are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast and we will be right back
2: subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls
3: over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for samurai cop we open as a japanese gangster discusses plans with robert zadar I did not write down Robert Zadar's name. He is ill in my notes. Robert Zadar. There's tension among the gangsters and the boss, Fujiyama, is making a big push to take over businesses and is willing to go to war with other Japanese gangs. It's the way of the katana we hear. So Zadar and some goons go to talk to another leader to see if he agrees with Fujiyama taking over his business. He refuses and then gets stabbed with a machete for his troubles.
0: I, I I like when he stabs him. And just casually steps out of the frame. <laughs> yeah. Just like, stab, and I'm I'm done here.
3: <laughs> then we cut to police officers Joe Marshall and Frank Washington set out to respond to a tip regarding the Chinese gang leader's death. As they head out looking for a blue van in the car, a female cop Peggy is in a helicopter. And they all head to the pier, and Peggy's keeping it warm for Joe, apparently.
0: <laughs> what, what, no, what is she keeping warm? I have no idea. I couldn't remember. Well, I'm assuming it's an innuendo. Yeah. but uh, think? Yeah. <laughs> that would be my guess. Yeah. Which is kind of unprofessional, you know, because oh. she's not flying by herself. There's an actual pilot there, and I'm assuming the pilot hears this. This is really embarrassing. He's probably but the only one that hears it. <laughs> but apparently, like, I, I'm assuming Peggy just likes being the, like, the precinct
3: slut i guess <laughs> right yeah because she asked that one she asked that one guy if he wants
0: to fuck what if he said yes right just out of nowhere hey preacher we got nothing going on want to fuck shut up i love his his response shut up <laughs> god enough of you yeah uh what if he said yes what if the preacher like yeah you're pretty aren't, thick aren't they in the middle of a of a bust by the way yeah That's what the all like what what do you mean you've got nothing going on? Right. (laughs) Your your co-workers are putting themselves in immediate danger. You have a lot a lot going on. (laughs)
3: Uh so they're expecting a coke drop off and the blue van stops and they meet up with some guys on a boat and the handoff is made. Blue van loads up and heads out just as Joe and Frank make it to the pier, so a car chase ensues. As Joe and Frank get closer, the back of the van opens up and one of the gang members starts firing a shotgun at them. Frank returns fire, and the guy is hit, and Joe winds up running him over after he falls out the back of the van.
0: Not even trying to avoid him.
2: <laughs> but, he, but he looks really upset that he did it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. After that, Joe keeps telling Frank to shoot the next guy in line. <laughs> shoot him. Shoot him. Oh, that was so shoot. annoying. Shoot he him. He says it 20 times. The same exact way each time.
0: <laughs> we know. Right, like, right. I found Frank. I'm like, I know what to do here. <laughs> all right, Aunt, all right,
2: all right. All right, run that back one more time let's hear it. shoot him all right, all right him. Let's, let's, one more time shoot uh, <laughs> I, after, I just imagine that director just doing that and him yeah. giving him the same take seven times and just like ah, oh, fuck it
3: <laughs> <laughs> after that joe keeps telling frank eventually he does hit the next guy and eventually the van crashes and catches fire and then one of the guys runs out on fire so joe and frank puts him out and the stock stunt guy not 100 percent positive the camera is still running and then Peggy congratulates them and tells them it calls for celebration. So Joe tells her he'll see her back at her place, and then they fuck. One I of the think many they sex smash scenes. Smash cut to it. Oh yeah, it's like not even yeah, just not even like a cross dissolve into a slow makeout scene. Just like boom,
0: fucking. Yep. Yeah, you got to give us some warning, man. <laughs> I think the problem with this movie is it it wanted to be like a, a skinamax film, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. so close to it. And yeah. I, I know why you're laughing. I'm so sorry. I can't. I keep hiccuping. It's it's very embarrassing. But um, yeah, that, that's one of the the problems. It it wants to be a Skinamax film, but it, it doesn't have the balls to go, to go all the way. <laughs> sure.
2: I, I don't know if it was disturbing to me, but the fact that all the sex scenes happened in the middle of the day just seemed kind of off like noon (laughs) they're busy man they got stuff to do at night and
3: or the director
2: doesn't
0: have lights (laughs) lights. (laughs) either way it's that afternoon delight man yeah man
2: as we get to later having sex with your sliding glass door wide open and blinds drawn
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah you you gotta close the blinds
2: but i i do feel like
0: that's like a drug kingpins kind of mo sure like they're if they if they want to fuck they're gonna do it you know rain sleet or shine so so why not
3: definitely uh okamura is definitely not gonna be like he's not gonna be
0: shy about it no and i i I kind of alluded to this prior to to recording but who was that scene for (laughs) (laughs) okamura is an old he's an old fat japanese dude
2: and he's he's getting it in with this attractive young lady yeah who's that for yeah, and she was definitely the actress that probably had porn.
0: I think she's the actress that drew the short straw. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was I was saying more by how comfortable, you know, oh, she, she was. Comfortable.
3: The, Come on. She's a professional actress, man. I mean, she's not the one that had to suck Robert Zadar's no, chin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Robert Tadar's Gargantuan head just <laughs> swallowing that poor girl's face. I will say the beard is a good look. Yeah. Oh, it's it's not bad. It helps. Yeah, it covers. Oh my god! Did, did does he? Did anyone teach him how to kiss? Because <laughs> he, like he's kissing everything but where he needs to kiss.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm I'm surprised
3: that the women are as attractive in this movie as they are. I'm not. I feel like this is
0: exactly what really I I feel like they were like I was expecting like even worse t- to me, this was almost like a Jerry Seinfeld thing where you know Jerry's not a bad looking guy, but he shouldn't be scoring the type of women that he does. oh,
3: I'm talking about more in terms of what this movie should be able to oh
0: get. okay, yeah that's true, yeah. But then again, like, is this one of the things where you kind of, if you're the director, you kind of promise these girls this is, like, the stepping stone to, some- Probably. to yeah. something that could be better? You know, you show a little TNA. Who knows where that gets you? And unfortunately, where that got them was in this movie. So mm-hmm. they were <laughs> lied to.
3: Yeah. I guess it's just me watching, like, these really terrible uh, low-budget horror movies on Amazon Prime that are, like, within the past 10 years. They all... All the girls that they wind up in those movies that uh, wind up, you know, showing some sort of nudity, they all got a very specific look to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but these don't
0: have it, so maybe it's just maybe it's just that. Yeah, these these girls are actually, you know, they're they're not bad. They're yeah. I, they're they're uh, they're up there, and they they show quite a bit. Yeah. We get we get full frontal at one point or another. I I think more than once, if I remember.
3: Yeah, the redhead definitely shows full frontal.
0: Yeah, I think it might be just the redhead. But, yeah, it's... The the, quali- the quality is there.
3: Yep. I mean, he's almost made a softcore porn, so you you gotta you gotta bring
0: that. Yeah. And yeah, maybe that, again, maybe that's what he was kind of looking for. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: At <laughs> Fujiyama's house, Zidar Rees Fujiyama on Joe, says he's been trained in martial arts by the masters back east, and he speaks fluent Japanese... And that's why he's called Samurai. He also tells him that the that their guy is in the hospital and Fujiyama tells him that he wants that witness's head. And then Joe and Frank go back to the precinct and get yelled at by the uh the captain. And Joe sexually harasses a couple of women. And yeah. then again.
2: Okay. I was gonna say the uh the police office scene definitely showed someone that was like, Why don't we make this like lethal weapon? <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah yeah. inside it's, this little tiny office
3: sure yeah as the uh production offices yeah. um it, it's definitely is, feels like a movie made by a guy that have, has seen all the movies that yeah. he's he's playing but doesn't understand what makes them good yeah right like so simple on them, so. simple things yeah. like
0: transition scene. oh god I, and <laughs> they're, they're so jarring yeah. like someone will get killed and they'll they'll smash cut to two people, two people making out. Yeah. Like, Oh geez, dude, you, you can't <laughs> someone, this is kind of like filmmaking 101. There's gotta, there's gotta be a buffer in there.
3: <laughs> yeah. So then Joe and Frank head to the hospital to check in on the burned gangster and have one of the oddest interactions of all time with a nurse. She asks Frank straight out. If she, uh, she asks Joe straight out, if he'd like to fuck her and she sticks her hand down his pants
0: and tells him that she thinks his dick is too small. And then she leaves. Uh, if, if I'm Frank, I'm kind of jealous. Like, hey, like, what the fuck am I over here? Chopped liver? Yeah. Like, why are we hitting on this guy? Doesn't have that glorious mane of hair. Oh, well, yeah. You know, to be honest, he does have very nice flowing locks of hair. But but just, I, I feel like all these women are just kind of th- throwing shade at Frank. And that, that's not cool. Yeah. And Frank, Frank seemed pretty confident in what he was packing because he, he almost chases after her. Yeah, he I'm surprised he didn't, to be honest. Yeah. I'm surprised both of them aren't just getting hit on 24/7. Yeah. Well,
3: I mean, we also such an uncomfortable scene towards the end where the guy is about to cut Frank's dick off and he calls it a gift. Oh, that's a right. A black
0: gift he says. Oh, it, that's when uh what Rob, Robert Adar sends his, his goons after him, right? Yeah, to try and find uh joe's address that's right and then they have the, the scene with the other cop preacher and then you get the really unnecessary nudity with the, was it the pre- wife was it preacher or the captain i thought it was the captain oh, i thought it was preacher I thought that's why the captain it was, was so, yeah.
3: i was a preacher i thought it was the captain
0: yeah they, they, for some like they they pull the the poor woman's blouse apart and mm. then the, like, the next shot it's covered up so i I don't know whether like that was supposed to happen or that the one guy just got a little you know too ha- handsy. Yeah. But kind of like totally unnecessary. Definitely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because the the captains in the end of the movie when they have their completely let's all turn in our badges after we murder a bunch of people.
3: Yeah. Well, they don't yeah. kill preacher that though. They no, he stab gets stabbed. Yeah. yeah. They stab yeah. him, but he survives that that scene. So that's why I thought I thought that's why I thought the captain because captain was like i want you to kill fucking everyone i want you to burn down their house and shit that's why i thought it was the captain because they just killed his wife yeah i'd say that
0: he shouldn't take a couple of days off of work but right yeah yeah. i don't know if like i don't know if as a captain you're supposed to outwardly say just murder everybody at at least at least hide it a little (laughs) dress it up
3: well that's why he says that we're probably gonna have to turn in our badges after this but I don't think that do they? I don't remember. I just watched this movie. They don't because they the last after they kill after Robert Zadar commits seppuku, uh, that's just uh, um, Joe fucking Jennifer
0: on the beach. It's the end of the movie. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, again, just a terrible. No one taught this guy this guy how to resolve movies. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie end. On a sex scene. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, they're, they're, they don't show anything. It's just they're really making out
0: more than anything. Okay. But. yeah, It's very jarring.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Joan Franco. Uh, the burn guy is too out of it to talk. So they leave, putting a few beat cops on security detail. And then they leave as the beat cop starts chatting up one of the nurses. He lets the redheaded woman, the uh, gang member, uh, Robert Zadar's gang, dressed as a nurse, wheel a trash cart into the room of the burn guy. When she gets in, Robert Zadar pops up out of the cart and cuts the guy's head <laughs> off via uh, katana. That is that was a pretty great mo- reveal to see him in,
0: like hunched down and, and <laughs> this, just, this huge head comes out. This giant man <laughs> hiding in a little a little cart.
3: Yeah. Uh, then Zadar pops back into the cart and she wheels it out. They go to make their escape as the beat cop sees that the witness has been killed. They get approached by a few of the cops. All of them saying, "Hey, wait a minute." I, uh, and then star beats the shit out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Two things, my, the, the I forgot. This is a great part. The cop, the actual cop, goes into the the uh the room, sees the beheaded body, and then yells, "Get security! You're the cop! <laughs> you are security!" Yeah. Uh. And, and when you were talking about how Zadar just beats the shit out of all these guys, <laughs> like, "Hey, wait a minute! Ugh. Hey, yeah. wait a minute! Ugh. It reminded me of the scene in Airplane where <laughs> the, uh, the 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 old captain or the colonel is going through the the terminal, yeah. And he keeps getting uh, he keeps being harassed by uh like Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. and uh you know like monks and all that. And every time one of them comes in, he just like flips them or punches them in the face. <laughs> like, Do you have time to talk about Jesus? It's like like it's a, a direct parallel, and it's so. <laughs> Good. Hey, wait
3: a minute. Ugh. Yeah, they all say, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like, this guy
3: is going to be taken down. Right. Like, it, it, he's going to come quietly. You saw the guy before, you just get absolutely yeah. annihilated. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> right. This time he'll stop. <laughs> uh, and then they drive away. Then Frank and Joe, back at the prison, get yelled at by their captain. Which is just standard loose cannon talk, except when Joe's hair switches between his real hair and a wig from time to time. And also when Frank kisses the captain on the forehead and the camera hangs on longer than the actor expected.
0: Uh, (laughs) I forgot about
3: that. Then Joe and Frank go to the Blue Lagoon restaurant where they know Fujiyama is having dinner. Fujiyama is there with Zadar, the redhead, and a few other guys. And Fujiyama is giving gifts to a pretty blonde. And Joe and Frank start hassling Fujiyama. And his lawyer threatens to file a motion with the courts for some reason. And then Joe hits on the blonde and calls Fujiyama a geek. <laughs> then, they, then they have a ridiculous conversation with the waiter. That just tells us that the blonde is the owner of the, restaurant, the, owner of the restaurant's daughter. In the parking lot, Zadar sticks a couple of henchmen on Joe and Frank. Joe and Frank beat up a few of them up, much to the chagrin of Zadar. One of the henchmen pulls out a katana. So Frank shoots him in the shoulder and Joe wrestles away the katana and then uses it to chop the arm off of one of the other henchmen that was threatening to
0: shoot them. He throws the katana, first of all. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Right? He, he doesn't even just like do the swiping motion. He fucking throws it and cuts the henchman's arm off. <laughs> it's quite the scene. Yeah. Uh... I also liked how the, uh, <laughs> the, the henchmen are getting shot at. With the fucking Uzi that Robert Zadar just pulls out of nowhere, apparently, mm-hmm. and they didn't have enough for like proper squibs, so it, it almost looks like they're being th- like tomatoes are being thrown on the henchmen when they're getting shot, just like mm-hmm. little lips of red. It's almost like a paintball gun. <laughs> yeah, that one guy
3: up against the the car is just like, oh
0: uh. it's, it's just not acting at all. Just like, all right, pretend you're being shot. Uh, uh, uh. okay
3: next <laughs> everybody gets shot three times in this
0: movie oh is that i didn't notice that
3: I, I, i'm just saying like i don't know if that's really true but it's always like boom they get they stumble back boom oh. they stumble back and then boom then I, the third one takes them down i
0: i, I remember a scene it, i i think it's in the lab the, the uh the photo lab yeah there's a guy on the stairs Yep. Uh Joe shoots him three times. <laughs> and just like point blank shoots him. Yep. And the guy I don't think the guy knew when to like remember in I don't know I mean we've all seen Mortal Kombat, right? Mm-hmm. So do you remember when we they introduced on it? <laughs> yeah. Right. So re- remember when they introduced Johnny Cage? Yep. And he he gives the guy a jumping roundhouse kick to the face. Yeah. He says this is the part where you're supposed to fall down. That should have happened in this movie when he <laughs> shoots these henchmen. Right? You're like, you, you die now. Yeah. I shot you three times. You're you're dead. <laughs> yeah.
3: Let me guess. So then Zadar takes out an Uzi and just starts shooting everyone, even his own men, and then throws a grenade under one of the cars and then leaves. And Joe and Frank celebrates the murders.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't understand with the a grenade when they toss it. Uh, I believe Joe and Frank run away and just leave the guy there. That they had handcuffed instead of grabbing him. You know, just let him blow up.
3: Oh, well, he's probably dead at that point. I think. It's oh yeah, that was the one that shot, shot
2: everybody. Yeah. And with, <laughs> he with those little killed everyone with those really bad special effects things exploding on his shirt. Yeah. As he was shot. Yeah.
0: But they they actually blow up the car,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which I was kind of surprised at. And and that's the first kind of awkward scene between Joe and Frank when they talk about Frank being black. Mm-hmm. You're going to charcoal your ass. I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the, they high five over it. <laughs> I don't know if that's high five worthy, Frank.
3: Yeah. Back in the precinct, the captain is having some sort of mental breakdown. And then Joe goes back to the restaurant to talk to Jennifer, tries to figure out her relationship to Fujiyama. She tells him that Fujiyama helped out her and her mother after her father passed away. And Joe tells her that Fujiyama is dealing drugs. And they have a long conversation to try and get a date. She keeps blowing him off, telling him he's she's too busy or she's going to church. As Joe goes to leave, he gets accosted by a bunch of dudes in jumpsuits that have orders to break both his legs. So he beats the shit out of all of them, and then one of them runs away, and he chases after him. He uh, catches up to the guy, and he threatens to break the guy's wrist until he tells him who sent him. He said it was Okamura, the bald, big bald guy. So Joe and Frank take Peggy with a few other officers over to where the, the guys tell him Okamura lives, I guess without a warrant, because Frank is worried about the captain cutting his dick off. Peggy tells Frank to come to her place to use it before he gets to cut off. Okamura is, it is in his bedroom about to fuck. Joe tells him to freeze and then struggles with a sliding glass door, giving Okamura a chance to escape. Frank shoots some dudes and Joe chases after Okamura. And then Joe and Okamura have a martial arts fight, with Joe switching between his real hair and his wig. At one point, Okamura even pulls off the wig. Eventually, Joe manages to break Okamura's arm and they arrest him. But as they try to put the handcuffs on him, he tries to take Frank's gun and Joe shoots him first, killing him. And they said, well, that's another one that's dead. (laughs) (laughs) We're just just racking up a body count here. (laughs) Then Zadar has a meeting with Fujiyama and tells him about all the cops in the forest that have been a problem. So Zadar says that they should kill the cops if they won't be bought. They decide they're going to get their New York friends to pay Samurai Cop a visit and try to break his legs. Those guys come, and they find him getting some film developed, and shootout ensues. The Dar and the redhead lady are about to fuck, but he gets called by Fujiyama and has to leave. Joe shows up at Jennifer's church and tells her that he has to take her in for some questioning, and he winds up bringing her to his house. So Dar goes to Fujiyama and tells him that Jennifer left the church with the cop, and Fujiyama tells him to kill him. Joe makes Jennifer dinner and makes a joke about how he killed the chicken himself from his neighbor's chickens. And Zadar and his goons go to the cap, of, I guess this is, uh, what's his name, Preacher's House, and demands him to tell him where to find Samurai Cop. When he doesn't tell him, Zadar slashes the wife's throat with a katana and then stabs the captain in the gut, or preacher in the gut. Zadar tells his men to go to Washington's place, and he's going to go to Peggy's to find out where Joe lives. Meanwhile, Joe and Jennifer are in swimsuits making out on the beach. Not sure where Jennifer got the suit as she came straight
0: from church. I think he just keeps... I mean he's just constantly banging, right? Yeah, it's true. You know, he looks, probably has a, a woman's wardrobe and he's take your over. size. Yeah. And he, I think he only has one size of women apparently. Probably. So it's it doesn't seem like that's a big problem. <laughs> but again, like we just watched we watched someone get murdered and now we're oh, yeah. on the beach watching these two about to bone.
3: Yeah, it's it, while everybody else around him is die, dying or almost getting killed because of him. Right. He's just fucking...
0: Yeah, this is just a regular day. Like, oh, I got my, my three o'clock fuck session. <laughs> <laughs>
2: because that's when the light is exactly right in this room. <laughs> right.
0: Time waits for no man.
3: <laughs> then two goons show up at Frank's as he's getting out of the shower. They threaten to cut his dick off unless he tells them Joe's address. Tells him it's in his jacket pocket, so while one of the guys tries to find it, Frank manages to get a pair of scissors off the table. Turns the table's on the guy's holding knife to his throat manages to grab the guy's gun and shoot the other one, then knifes the guy in the throat. Meanwhile, Joe and Jennifer are now in the pool. Then Frank tries to call Joe to give him a heads up, but he's in the pool, so he's not answering. Meanwhile, Zadar and some of his men show up to Peggy's house as she's making herself some food. They sneak in through the window, and she manages to fight a few of them off at first, but Zadar manhandles her, and his men hold her down. He then takes a pan of grease off the stove and pours boiling grease on Peggy until she tells him where Joe lives. Eventually, he winds up pouring the whole thing on her, even though she gives him the address. Meanwhile, Joe brings Jennifer a cake while he's in the tiniest briefs
0: ever. And <laughs> then they fuck. Uh, did, did you notice in the uh, the scene with Peggy, when I think she opens the, the drawer, she opens the drawer twice. There's two different guns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because the second time she opens it, it's a revolver. And I think the first time it, it looks like an automatic. Yeah. It's, she uh, also
3: takes the frying pan and opens up the freezer. And I was like, what's <laughs> like, what what she about goes. to do? <laughs> <laughs> is she gonna put it in the freezer? She's she's gonna put that
0: grease in the freezer. <laughs> and, that's kind and, of a, that was a tough scene to watch, to be honest with you. And, and you yeah. we never see her again for the whole movie. Yeah. For the rest of the movie, we don't know what happened to her. She presumably Frank or not, Joe doesn't want to bang her anymore because she has burns all over her body. Yeah. But we yeah, standards. Yeah. Like, oh, listen, sorry, Peggy. uh I kind of need you to be flawless. Yeah. Got to cut you off the stable here. Like like what happened?
3: Yeah. Frank eventually gets a, Frank so they fuck. And Frank eventually gets a hold of Joe just as Zadar and his men arrive at the house. Joe gets dressed and gets his gun and heads outside as the goons are sneaking around. He shoots a few of them, but then retreats back into the house and then goes through the front into the car and they drive away. Jennifer then goes back to the restaurant and talks to her mom as if she wasn't just in a gunfight. <laughs> her mom tells her that Fujiyama had something planned for her birthday and was mad that she disappeared for the day. And Jennifer says that she doesn't give a damn. But then Fujiyama comes in as he uh, and hears her say that, and he is very pissed. Back at the precinct, the captain gives the guys permission to kill everyone to get to Fujiyama but also says they'll probably have to turn in their badges after. So they go to Fujiyama's compound. Fujiyama puts his men on high alert, and a gunfight ensues. Joe and Frank blast their way through the house. Eventually, they make it to Fujiyama, but he holds Jennifer hostage. He tells them to drop their weapons, or he'll kill Jennifer. They do, then Fujiyama immediately shoots Frank. Like, why shoot Frank first?
0: Shoot (laughs) Samurai Cop! That's happened twice in this movie, where uh, Okamura (laughs) gets the drop on Frank. And, like... Why wouldn't you shoot Frank there now, right? Because you have Frank right next to you. You mean Joe? No, he uh, Okamura gets the drop on Frank, right? He pulls Frank's gun out and he Mm. goes to shoot Joe, but there it should be you shoot Frank, right? Because you have him right next to you, or you could use him as a hostage. But he has he has Jennifer hostage. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, why wouldn't you just use Frank as a hostage in that one scene? I I, I guess I don't.
2: Not, not in this scene. The earlier scene with Okamura is with dancing. Oh, okay.
0: yeah. So when the the scene when they, they watch him getting ready to nail this poor unfortunate girl. And <laughs> right. Like he, he was like, oh, watch. Like, just be careful because I think I broke his arm. But he, he gets the drop on Frank. Right. right. So at that point, why are you not using Frank as a shield? Right. I don't know. It makes no sense. Yeah. But Fujiyama should shoot Joe. Yes. Yes. Now he right? should. Yes.
3: Yeah uh so he goes to shoot uh so he shoots uh frank he goes to shoot joe but jennifer tries to wrestle the gun away giving frank enough time to get up and shoot fujiyama to death because frank was wearing a bullproof vest as the files stand joe and frank go to zadar's house frank shoots a dude with a katana and it alerts all the dudes with mullets they skulk around the property trading fire with the goons killing a few here and there and eventually zadar and the redhead show up joe kills the redhead and a bunch of people get shot and die and then Joe and Zadar face off with katanas. Once again, the wig comes in and out of the scene. Eventually, they both lose their swords and have to fist fight. Eventually, Joe manages to best Zadar by apparently breaking his neck. Um, but Zadar doesn't stop moving around. And he tells Joe to kill him via the code of the Bushido. But as Joe's about to, Frank reminds him that he's a cop, which probably could have said a few hundred dead bodies ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Forgot about that. So he won't kill him, but Zadar takes the knife out of his pocket and commits seppuku instead. And then Joe and Jennifer go to the beach and make out and to fuck, I assume. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah,
2: he's he's already moved on from Peggy.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. he's not even going to visit her in the hospital. Poor Peggy. She,
0: Why does she get the worst out of everybody? <laughs>
2: I feel like Peggy doesn't have any...
0: Sense of self worth, to be honest, probably right because she's looking to just nail anybody who's in that police precinct, like even married dudes. Say, hey preacher, you want to (laughs) fuck? I'm married, so I don't give a shit. Like, come on, Peggy, you're better than that. You deserve better. Yeah, poor Peggy. I I also enjoy how in the beginning we're told that Joe is fluent in Japanese. I don't think he utters a single word of Japanese in this movie. (laughs) He says katana. Oh, that's true. And <laughs> it means <samurai>. Japanese sword. <laughs> does he say samurai? He might not even say samurai in this movie. <laughs> I don't think so. I think everybody else does. Yeah, everyone else calls him samurai.
2: That, that might be one of my underrated favorite parts is the katana thing. Means katana Japanese sword. It means Japanese sword. <laughs> oh,
0: man, this guy's worth every penny. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: it's it's such a mess. That's what this movie is, really. <laughs> uh I I feel and you know how sometimes in a movie you could be like yeah it was a mess but you could feel that there's something there like kind of like it with an M Night Shyamalan movie like it's a mess it's a train wreck but you can sense that something there was there was a good story underneath all this crap that that's nowhere to be, you could dig forever and you wouldn't find a good story here
3: <laughs> Yeah this is, this is, it was fun in parts but It was kind of boring in a lot of
0: Mm -hmm. parts, too. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, like, bad movies, I think this is worse than Double Down in terms of fun factor. Sure. I think so. Because at least with Double Down, it's just so absurd that you you find levity in it. Whereas these guys are just so goddamn serious (laughs) and so goddamn bad that you can't even have fun with it. <laughs> just kinda like, uh, you just kind of like, This was a slog at times. Like, when is this gonna get good? Like, bad good. When is that gonna happen? Right. Never.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got nothing else really. You
0: guys yeah. wanna plug your shit? Sure. Uh, just real quick, at Diaquino122. That's my Twitter account. Uh, you could also follow our Real Play D and D podcast, Stranger Damies, on there. We post when we are when we have new episodes. When we're streaming, and we just talk general D and D, cosplaying, stuff like that. I mean, we're I I know it's kind of early now, but we're gonna be at New York Comic Con. We're gonna be checking out all the cosplay. We're gonna be checking out D and D stuff. So if you listen to us, if you go there, we'll be there. We'll be hanging.
2: Yeah. So our podcast, as you mentioned, Stranger Damis, airs every other Wednesday. Um, we also stream our sessions live over Twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod. Um, be sure to check us out. It's every other Friday. Um, and then on every other Monday is the Game Vault podcast, which is our video game um, conversation and news, uh, show that we do. Um, and then over at twitch.tv slash Game Vault pod, we stream about five days a week. Well uh, Wednesday right now is Apex Legends, but I think we might be changing it um, either uh, probably next week, um, either the week coming up or next week. Um, Tom's trying to convince us to do Halo. Um, we'll see where that goes. Um, on Thursday is my uh, continuing paper Mario stream. Um and then Friday again we alternate recording the podcast and um uh Stranger Damies. Uh Saturday, um it's usually gonna be my chill stream. Um so there may or may not be something there. It'll probably be at two PM um on Saturdays, if you see something, so just keep an eye on Twitter. Um and then Sundays, um same thing with Dan. Um, He plays uh, Breath of the Wild. The show is called Dan of the Wild. Um, So just keep an eye on the Twitter, um, which is uh, at Game Vault Pod on all socials. And then Monday is our um, stream where we, uh, on the days we have a podcast drop, we play our Retro Roulette game. And then on the days we do not, um, Tom plays through an RPG. Um, We should be finishing up this weekend and um, this week coming up and add to something else.
3: Okay, great. And this is they called this movie. You can find us at they called. You could find us on Spreaker just by searching they called this movie. We're also available on all podcast streaming apps. Just search they called this movie, and we'll pop right up. Uh, the is our main website. You can find us at the maindamy.com and on all socials just by searching the main So that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search they call just search the main name and we will pop right up. We're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find us at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps. Just look for Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, surely there's a show for you. And that's gonna wrap us up this week. The director. Of Samurai Cop was Amir Shirvan. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Amir Shirvan, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?